Brian, welcome to the podcast today. At least as far as Podbean is concerned, this is the 901st episode. <laughs> um, if I throw in the previous platform, we've, I'm pretty confident we've hit the 1,000 episode mark. And that's taking a lot of work. That's a lot of opinions. I'm sure some of them are completely regrettable. Most of them, not in a painful way, but more like, what were you thinking, you dumbass? Welcome to the podcast today. It's 104 Tuesday, April 26th. So in the second, it's just Eric Solo today, and I want to thank you for being here. Um, at the In the second half of today's episode, I want to talk about, we'll leave the serious things for there, including some credit to an ex-girlfriend and um, not painful, but a very reflective therapy session yesterday. Uh, We talked about this might not make any sense to you. If you're in this podcast, it actually might resonate quite deeply with you. We're going to talk about big T's and little T's, and I'm not talking about t-shirts or body parts. And then... um, I have a, after we get to that, I have long held a thought, a rule, consider the source when it comes to criticism. And you know, in recent times, I've thought, um, if you're any person of note, please don't get into internet arguments because they are held in the forum that is a sewer and the people throwing them are already kind of, uh, people hurling the mud are already kind of dirty. You're not. So just step away. You're not going to win anything. You have only things to lose. So that's later on. Some quick local things to hit. First, the walleye. A devast- this has been a very thrilling series so, so far. Uh, a goofy bounce of a puck on Friday night for an overtime win. They lose Saturday. They lose last night. I believe they lost at least three, maybe four one-goal leads. They fall to Cincinnati, the Cyclones in Cincinnati, 6-5 to five on a goal that was initially called a no-goal, then reviewed and turned into a goal. I'm not certain of the rule, but uh, Coach Watson was displeased, and he did not hold back when saying the rest cost us the game. Um, something about the net coming off its moorings as the puck was going to become a goal. Again, I don't know the exact rule where the puck has to be when the net comes off or if it is intentionally pushed off. But uh, bottom line is the walleye lose. I believe they play again Wednesday night. They will be back here for more games. Will they? Yes, I think they will. Uh, the last two games, my math is off for that. But the, the walleye are not in a great spot right now. Um, a devastating loss last night in overtime. I didn't watch it. I followed it on Twitter as I was watching some other shows. Um, bogarting, bogarting. I've heard that before, but it's not something I've kept in the encyclopedia of my mind. Um, I have mentioned, I try to, there's no way I can possibly mention everything that's going on. Um, I try to mention on the air here and here what you might have interest in. Over the last couple of years, a lot of people have become very friendly with plants. They become horticulturists. Not me, but some people I know are very into plants. Uh, So a couple times on the air, I have mentioned, hey, uh, make a circle around May 7th. That's Mother's Day weekend at the Lucas County Rec Center. There is a plant exchange. 
There's also one coming to BG. There was a lengthy article in The Blade today um, previewing the plant exchanges in both locations. And it talked about bogarting. I still don't know what that is, but it sounds kind of sinister. Reading through the article and reading through some of the comments after I posted the article on the show Facebook page, I had no idea that this thing is like straight up Machiavellian and Game of Thrones. There are uh, there are uh, backroom deals going on. There's all kinds of sinister behavior. Um, probably some some manipulation. This could be a show. Like if we documented this, could this could be a show that could save Netflix's finances? Because it sounds so fascinating and so kind of evil. From I had no I had no idea. Passionate plant people were so sadistic and without remorse. Like I said, very Machiavellian, bogarting, eh? Um, I look forward to the stories that come of it. Uh, there is a Metro Parks takeover of the main branch of the library on, on Saturday. Now, as much as I would like that to include growing some gigantic trees in the library, uh, allowing some animals, like maybe you see a deer walk through uh, a section of books, having my friend Alex Getz, our fantastic wildlife uh, filmmaker and photographer, pop out behind a set of books and snap your picture as he would at a Metro Park. Um Maybe having an owl nest and some other birds of prey swooping through the library. No, there'd be more things like, I think, disc golf, archery, a climbing wall, <clears throat> and some other activities that the Metro Parks have at their disposal as being mobile that will be Saturday. Saturday, yes, the 30th. Sorry if my date is off there, but you can just look over Metro Parks Takeover. But yeah, that's Saturday, the 30th, at the main branch of the library. This, uh, so I have added a couple of other places to go to for news of what's happening in our area. Uh, this is uh, the sin, the weakness of being an infovore. While you can get lost and enjoy information in some rabbit hole on Wikipedia, you, I, also have to remind myself, it is impossible to know everything. And everything you want to know is out there but it's just too much for one person to, to digest. So I have to be careful and might have to trim up where I'm going for uh, for news and insight. Um, the Mommy Mirror, I go there now. And then the Sentinel Tribune, which is for Wood County News. It looks like a, a BGS eyeing um, Culver's. To come to the area, it's been it's been super successful. The one on Avar. Um, I'm not there during the rush hours of lunch and dinner, but I'm guessing the Culvers at Spring Meadows is doing quite well as well. It looks like the the, the their BG's Agnes Culvers for wherever the Walmart is. So BG now that's maybe not as big a news as raising canes. Oh, you just reminded me. Um, now that I'm talking about food, yeah, the big deal is raising canes. But this is not. There was an, there was a sports show I used to watch, and they would ask, "Is a story big deal, little deal, no deal?" Uh, they would kind of go off script. And Culver's going to BG is not a little deal, maybe not a big deal, but definitely not a little deal. Also, another food thing I have to add to my show notes for the on-air show. It is official. Um, I don't know if I've told you here on the podcast, but um, a guy that I know from Detroit um, and a friend of his, uh, they've gone their separate ways, but uh, they opened up a cheesecake place. 
Like walk in, take out cheesecake. When in Ypsilanti, I think there's one in Downriver. And now we are getting a 24th cheesecakery uh, here in Toledo at Franklin Park Mall. So check out the 24th Cheesecakery and their Facebook, uh, their Instagram post. And I've never had it, but there's no way you can fake those pictures and having those pictures not translate into good taste. Okay? Uh, they're not professional. I love how my friend's uh, former partner has his kid always crying for a piece of cheesecake. That's that's little Sean. Um, and it's a great account and probably hasn't hit its potential marrying cheesecakes with a crying kid. But it's coming here to Toledo. That, that, that I think, is a, a pretty big deal. As the mall, my friends over there try to reinvent themselves themselves and attract new stores to attract new customers as malls are not what they once were. Um, I think we can get to the... No, two more things real fast. I came across an article, um, the least insightful but yet interesting article I've ever read. It talked about how how Ikea constructs their stores, and I guess there's four normal ways to construct the store, and Ikea doesn't do any of those normal ways. And this is the article. Is it ericchaseblog.wordpress.com. Look on my Twitter. It Ask me for the link. Go every day. It's updated with local, everyday local stories, and um, often something I call beyond the 419, and then also longer blog posts about mental health hygiene. Um, it talks about how I- Ikea has set up the whole operation to make you impulse buy. And, it, and they use the example of someone going in to buy a spatula, like can't get out with just buying a spatula. I don't know anybody who goes to Ikea. And I've been, I remember going to Ikea when I was a little boy when I could barely remember things. And then becoming an adult with my own place, dying to go to Ikea and finding out how much it is to ship stuff. Like when I was in Monroe, was it Monroe? It might have been Monroe to Canton. It might have also been Allentown to Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania, which is like 45 minutes apart, like hundreds of dollars to ship a lack table or a Billy bookcase. Um, I don't know anybody goes in there in there to buy one thing. In fact, I think everybody knows you're going to go in there and wind up stuff you had no intention of buying because as the article points out, they have set up that mirror in a way for you to see yourself in it and go, I need that. So I think we all prepare to overspend at Ikea. And it's not something that's foreign to us because we do it all the time, at least once a week. Some of us, two times a week. Hi. At Target. Where we go in for one thing and $87 later, we have all this. Uh, that was the Ikea thing. The other, it's kind of serious. Um, I remember talking about the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing back on the old morning rush. And we we know, we're, we're, ne- we're never going to know everything. As much as there have been some pretty graphic recordings played here and testimony, my opinion, and I've read as much as I can, not everything, but as much as I can, and I got a pretty decent scope of what's happening here. And my opinion hasn't changed from when we talked about this five or six years ago. Um, they both seem like victims, they both seem like pretty awful people. And yeah, that's it. That, that That's it. Sometimes two people, it, sometimes the, abu- the abuse isn't, or the abuse and violence in whatever way, emotional, physical, isn't just one way. It's both ways. So I'll leave that to the courts to, to handle. And I guess there was some real clumsiness on, the, um, on display by Amber Heard's lawyer. But what I gather 
I don't know that she, I'm not discounting that she was victimized by some of his behavior. I don't know if she has the addiction issues and mental health issues that he clearly has that I think she acknowledges. And I'll say this and I might be dead wrong. And that, and that might, that, that is probably a bad turn of phrase to say, but I'll say it here. Uh, from what I gather, she seems like the type of person, and I could be so wrong, but maybe this is at least in the ballpark. She seems like the type of person aware of someone who has issues, and they might have done awful things to her. But there was a shitting in the bed story, right? She seems like the type of person who would tell a person like that, go jump in the traffic and mean it. Or like, go kill yourself. Um... Onto the serious things now. First up with, uh, actually one more thing, sorry. Um, I don't usually hold politicians' feet to the fire when it comes to promises, but you know this is a new cause of mine. Biden takes his first actions on clemency with three pardons and 75 commutations. Did I say that right? And I'll summarize it with... The administration unveiled a plan that will allocate $145 million to developing reentry plans for incarcerated persons, which would connect them to resources such as jobs, housing, and loans upon being released. Look, they have paid, like I go back to the Michael Vick thing. If you have a problem with his sentence, blame the judge. He did his time. Let him come out and live a life now. Formerly incarcerated persons are an underutilized talent pool despite employers attesting that formerly incarcerated persons are often some of the best and most dedicated employees, the statement said. The plan suggests union uh, union and trade organizations also work to remove any barriers of entry. I'm not hiring you because you don't fit the certain stereotype I want or you were a bad person. Okay, continue to have your now hiring sign up outside. As I have been saying, uh, as I said last week or, or passed along when I met Jacob Spellis and we were talking about Tarda, which my, was which was my connection to him as he tries to help uh, former felons, formerly incarcerated people get jobs, give them transportation, Tarda, whatnot, give them the momentum they need so they can move beyond their life so the recidivism is so much lower. Um, so I will keep an eye on that and stop putting a stop sign in front of usable bodies. As I've said so many times, when you drive by a place and you kind of go, who would want that job? I'll use a gas station. Who would want that job? Maybe not you, but that job might be the right job for somebody. Um, and that employer might be thankful to have that person because they don't care about somebody's background that is behind them. So, again, we need bodies, and there are answers to certain crises we're dealing with right in front of our eyes. All right, now onto the serious thing uh, with me. So, I asked my therapist yesterday for some clarity, and I should have known this. Um, I said, maybe, maybe this EMDR, I feel like I've hit a plateau. I feel like anything positive I've dealt with in the last four months has been because of a a paradigm switch in the way I view certain parts of my professional life. And that has kept me from having some of my soul sucked away. That, I think, has spun me in better direction since the calendar turned, and to be honest, the middle of January. Um, I was wondering if EMDR only worked for people who had been 
who had dealt with brutal trauma, people who had chimed in on my Facebook and shared stories of how EMDR has helped them get through some pretty horrific things, domestic violence, real serious emotional violence, like those kinds of things, where my life does not fall into. And then uh, this counselor, we'll call her Carol, said, hold on, do you know about, you know about like tees? I'm like, what do you mean tees? Like my t-shirts? And then she reminded me of something that my ex-girlfriend, former girlfriend, Amanda had brought up um, in regards mostly to my relationship with my mom. And she talked about, and I had not heard this before, there are little T's, little traumas, and big T's, the previously mentioned ones, like where people have been hit or abused or left to die, big T's. And then we we sussed out um, these things, Carol and I, and I shared some things with her I had never shared before to show that, oh yeah, I know these things existed. Um, my dad, who will be here in a couple weeks, Um, Like I told Carol yesterday, and I've told you before how I was terrified of going to school. I ran from the school bus. My mom, so my mom eventually, my mom caught me one day, drove me to school. Um, When I got, I wouldn't get out of the car. And as she was trying to get me out, she slammed my arm in the car door. Not her fault. I was just not wanting to go to school. Um, Instead, she took me for x-rays. I was frightened, terrified. I was teased. I was fearful of school. I don't know why. Um, The one time that kind of ended all of it, I don't know how or why, but uh, I I ran home from the bus stop. My mom's like, screw it. I'm not dealing with it anymore. My dad, who had, I guess, an hour commute from walking to the bus stop, taking the bus to the L, walking to his office, had to do that all to and from in a couple hours, like as soon as he got to work, he had to turn around because I was home hiding in the closet. Um, these little unaddressed teas um, have accumulated over my life. And now, um, instead of overlooking them and recognizing them, like, look, they sucked. It was not good. And um, I need to, to take them more seriously. And I guess... Carol can work on, can work on that, um, because as an adult, I have gotten through some adult fears and anxieties thanks to CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. But what what wasn't addressed was, like, I'm not afraid of school anymore. I'm not. I was the prototype. The irony of me talking about Dr. Frankel and never being anxious at all at the dentist is I was terrified. I was the kid they had to put in the room with the door because I was screaming my ass off. Uh, They couldn't put uh, x-rays on my back teeth because I would gag and run out of the chair. It was nightmarish for everyone involved. Now I'm like, God, just like, let me lay here and relax. I'm, I'm so relaxed my mouth probably doesn't open as it should sometimes. All the things I was afraid of as a kid, I'm like, talking to someone I might be attracted to. I've gotten all, all over all those fears. Um, bullying now? Uh, it's not really a thing. Um, I can dismiss them because I have the, the techniques to move beyond them and the proper medication. But the scars of the agony that they all caused me when I was a kid... It's probably time to address those things. And in another way, um, I have always been told by 
many people, most people who I work with, um, who were my, my bosses and, and were in charge of coaching me said, you know, you're, you're your own worst critic. I've, it wasn't a fluke that several people who, uh, I answered to said that, and it's kind of like a compliment and a defense mechanism. Like, oh, you can criticize me however, but you'll never say worse than what I am. Um, to this day, I am my own worst critic. Um, and what keeps me from enjoying some joy and happiness is this thought that I need to keep growing. I will, like, enlightenment, physical, physical enlightenment, mental, emotional, psychological enlightenment is nearly impossible to attain. But I keep driving myself to attain it and to grasp something that is impossible is a losing battle. Um, I have always been hard on myself. I've been my own worst critic. And instead of now, after speaking with Carol yesterday, looking at that as a badge of honor and nobody can drive me to my goals and successes or get me out of a funk like me, I have now seen how much I have scarred myself by being my own worst enemy, by being a... Look, I got bullied when I was a kid. Uh, I got teased for the size of my nose. Um, I didn't get teased for my weight a lot because I was a bigger kid, but I was like tall and I was not like your slovenly fat kid that dressed poorly and my stomach hung out. I was I was athletic and I played sports and I was really good at them. So I didn't get teased, but let me tell you, there was no worse critic in my own head for, for my weight and stepping on a scale. Uh, my nose... Um, I, I never liked my hair and the way I rationalized. Oh, well, now now I don't have to worry about never having a cool haircut because it's all gone. That was a major self-esteem issue. Um, I could probably check every single box for kid and teenage self-esteem issues. And you, like me, are probably thinking, yeah, but you're doing so well now. Like, you don't seem... You're not arrogant. Okay, sometimes you come off as arrogant. But you seem to have just the right amount of confidence and seem to communicate it well. Thank you. Yeah, but again, those self-esteem scars that others inflicted on me, I was fortunate and unfortunate to hang around with a lot of kids that were older than me. In our little um, neighborhood, I was the youngest. What do kids who are a couple years older do? A couple years older do they bully the shit out of the younger kid? Sometimes physically, but I I have actually told a um, childhood friend of mine, and I think we're very close now, and I can message her anytime, and we're beyond all that kid stuff. But her brother bullied the hell out of me. So between scars from others, scars from myself. I'm sure you could look at my body and see some pretty ugly things figuratively. And after sitting with Carol, it's time to no longer look at you're your own worst critic as a badge of honor. And it's time to go, okay, you're over all the self-esteem issues or as much as any person realistically can be. Let's address the wounds from back then. Okay, awesome. Um, I was listening to a podcast do you know the uh, author Michael Lewis is? He wrote, he's written some very good books. I don't think you've read any of his stuff, but maybe. Um, I, I read Moneyball, which was the story about baseball. Chris Pratt was in the movie with Brad Pitt. 
What else? Uh, did he do The Blind Side? Maybe he did. Uh, the Big Short, which was a movie with Christian Bale. Boomerang, Flash Boys, A Wall Street Revolt, The Undoing Project, uh, A Friendship That Changed Our Minds. I think that is uh, about, hold on. Yeah, psychologist Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky. And then there's one, The Fifth Risk. So he is a much acclaimed uh, writer, author, published author, and has had some seminal works in at least the areas of psychology and how we go about thinking about things that we do or don't take for granted. Um, the money ball is all about experts actually not having expertise. And again, just peeling back the layers and questioning our beliefs and even our, and being a cynic to our own cynic cynicism, as I like to say. So I didn't know that he had a, he had a podcast and I will check that out, but he was on a Vox podcast. And to go back to the beginning of this, I have always said, Consider the source when it comes to criticism. If someone who doesn't know anything about what you're doing is criticizing you, wave it off. It doesn't matter. And that goes back to some CBT stuff. This person's opinion is uneducated. Why should I let their criticism get to me? And a normal, we're humans. And some of that stuff just will because we are humans. It sucks. But the, 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 hard, hit, the hard hitting stuff, just wave it off. These people are uneducated. Consider the source of your criticism. Um, the other thing was, and I said this on the air, recklessly, I, like we should not have had these discussions on the old morning show. And I, I regret getting pulled into them. I was always of the belief that if you are not, if you don't know the issues, if you're not informed on the issues, stay the hell out of a voting booth which I still hold that belief. Um, I would ask that you take like some kind of basic civics course, whether it's national, state level, city level. Like, what's the name of... who? Like, very simple stuff. So I can at least gauge that you have some idea of what's going on. Because uninformed people, voting doesn't help anybody unless you're the person manipulating uninformed people to go vote for you. I have a problem with that. Um, and I have even said, if you if I want to stretch that a, a, a bit further, um, I don't think I've ever said, I don't think I said this on the air, but I've said it in other ways. No. not Or when we get into internet arguments, no. Not everybody deserves, not everybody has the right to an opinion. Well, what do you mean? Isn't, and that's not even like a freedom of speech thing. That's like a straight up, you shut your mouth thing. Like pure unadulterated censorship, censorship. Like, no, you do not count. Going back to you're completely uneducated or uninformed, you don't get a say here. So, um, of course, I wanted to talk about this with Michael Lewis in the Vox podcast the other day. It was like hearing myself talk. And I agree that you never want to lose your ability upon the one hand to kind of question the things you're being told. But it's also not true that everybody has a right to an opinion about everything. Like, I don't have a right to an opinion about climate change. There are people who study this stuff, their whole lives are devoted to trying to understand it. They are state of the art. It is a scientific consensus. My opinion shouldn't exist, but people think they have a right to an opinion about it. And that has been amplified and encouraged with social media. 
And it's a great time that I came across that because Twitter was just sold yesterday and bought by Elon Musk. And quite frankly, I think he was just exercising mild irritation and he could buy it because he could in a very Bruce Wayne kind of way. I don't foresee drastic changes that he wants to make. Now, because it's privately owned and banks own a lot of what he put in there, banks might say, we, need, we might need to make money, so start charging people to be on Twitter. Um, but just because you have a social media account, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, um, it has too much encouraged, it has given people too much encouragement to justify having those accounts. Well, I have a Twitter account. I got to throw my opinion out there. And then we get a, a slew of uninformed opinions or opinions that are just entertaining and they catch wildfire. And we're in the mess that we are now where, um, too many people can't discern news and fact from opinion and opinion for the sheer volume of just entertainment. It's hard. Like it was hard seven years ago to find out what's a fact when it comes to a story or a politician and where they stood. Now, like it's impossible and muddying the waters like that is why we are where we are. Um, let me give you, let me, let me play this one more time. And again, it's eerie to hear somebody else say, no, you don't have the right to an opinion. And I agree that you never want to lose your ability upon the one hand to kind of question the things you're being told. But it's also not true that everybody has a right to an opinion about everything. Like I don't have a right to an opinion about climate change. There are people who study this stuff. Their whole lives are devoted to trying to understand it. They are state-of-the-art. It is a scientific consensus. My opinion shouldn't exist. But people think they have a right to an opinion about it. Because you got to put something on that Twitter page or that Facebook account. And all of a sudden, like everybody jokes, uh, Vinny had a great uh, post the other day. It's been amazing to watch everybody go from constitutional experts to epidemiologists and, and virus ex- experts to whatever the latest thing is that they're an expert in. Oh, can we can we can we have to pass like an IQ test for Twitter and social media as well? Like I said, it's strong censorship feelings on my part. But I recognize what I shouldn't have an opinion on. And for the most part, I keep to myself. I at least qualify the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff. I I am likely not going to talk about it on the air outside where I am much more responsible and careful um, because this is a more focused, centric audience. Um, And there's just different content there. There it'll just be, this seems like a really toxic relationship for both of these people. Not what I said here. Um, I don't have the right to an... I don't have the right to opinion. I understand that. So I'm not going to share my opinion and I don't want you to take it for anything when it comes to... I came up with a couple of examples. Don't take my opinion when I throw it out about country music. Don't take my opinion when it comes out about SpongeBob SquarePants. Don't take my opinion about anything related to car repairs. Now, look, I'm a reasonably intelligent person. And if somebody asked me for an opinion on these, I would say, I would couch it and go, I would qualify it. Like, look, I don't know anything about this stuff. But I, I can maybe point you in the right direction or use some of my intelligence to put, Something about a car problem 
in some, maybe I know a little bit more than you, but at the end of the day, you know, those are not hills I am going to die on whatsoever. Uh, I wish more people recognized where their expertise not necessarily is, but certainly is not. Um, And instead of going the harsh censorship route of, which I agree with, of great author Michael Lewis of, you don't have the right to an opinion on everything you think you do. I'll go it. I'll go another way, uh, far more diplomatic. Stop qualifying the opinions of the unqualified. Dismiss the opinions of the unqualified. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for letting me share some very personal things which you might not have known before. And I always appreciate you being here and supporting the podcast, the radio show, and anywhere else I can get content on your radar and helpful, insightful feedback is always welcome. Thanks for being here.